Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Welcome to Bet the Edge on Friday, July 2nd. This is our 50th episode. Thank you to those of you watching on our brand new NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Coming up, Eddie Olchek on Lightning Canadians Game 3. Plus, if the Habs can climb back in this series, Jay Croucher touching on everything. Crazy Hawks Box series, Wimbledon, Euro 2020 lines, and how the book is adjusting totals in baseball amidst the foreign substance crackdown, plus edge of the day. All that and more coming up on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I missed you yesterday on the show, Drew. We're back getting ready for a holiday weekend. Very excited. And we always typically begin this show with a line movement and something that's caught our eye that we could follow, whether today or for the weekend in the futures market. I leave it up to you on where you want to take this segment, something that you're going to track throughout the day and weekend. Man, we got a lot of cleanup, a lot of housekeeping to do, really, because there's so much going on right now. I'm just coming off watching an incredible stage seven of the Tour de France. Race got flipped on its head. Guy that I thought was the best rider in the in the field, Primoz Roglic, out of the race. Uh, he is done, D-U-N done. Um, and I would guess that his team, which is the strongest team in Jumbo Visma, uh, probably going to pick up for a rider, uh, Wurt Van Aert. Uh, who is now second place uh, out of Belgium. Uh, just a crazy, unexpected uh, leaderboard right now as we head into the Alps. Uh, also, uh, Wimbledon has been just outstanding fun so far. Um, fingers crossed that my girl Ans Jabour comes through. She's yes. got match points right now against Gabrinier Muguruza. Um, Ans Jabour, man, she produced 
29 break chances against Muguruza today. Only was able to convert five, but that's going to be just enough, hopefully, to get her through. Um, but mostly, I'm, I'm looking at the markets for Euro. We're into the mm -hmm. Euro quarterfinals. These matchups are hugely important. We're getting to the business end of this tournament. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got some great, 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 great matches on today. Uh, a head-to-head -head between two of the teams that gave us so much entertainment on Monday. Switzerland and Spain go head-to-head. -head. Um, this one tips off, you know, this one kicks off pretty soon. Uh, and I have one play on this one, but I think there's a couple fun ways to attack this. Switzerland, very importantly, going to be without one of their key uh, midfielders who is... Um, uh, oh, yes, Jabor through. Uh, <laughs> one of their key midfielders uh, in uh, Garrett Shaka. And uh, I think that's going to be pretty important against the Spain team that can control possession, that has a very reasonable and solid defensive unit for what Switzerland likes to do. I would, would not be surprised if Switzerland's plan here is to keep this low scoring, to try to you know keep Spain from you know finding a, a clean look on goal uh, and hope to get just something off the counter or something in extra time, maybe even take this to penalties scoreless. That's my guess as to what Switzerland's mindset's going to be in the in the absence of mm -hmm. one of their key midfielders. So I think uh, Spain win to nil is a very interesting look here, especially at the very, very favorable price of plus 180. Uh, Spain has shown an ability to finally get the finishes five goals in their last two matches now. And, uh, you know, I think they can find one here, even with Switzerland playing most of their guys behind the ball, a less risky way to attack. This might be, um, both teams to score. No, you can get that at about plus 100 plus 105. Uh, and realistically, if Switzerland does play a very defensive game, then you don't have to have Spain win in regulation to get that one home. Uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, um, Tomorrow's matches, I think, are really fairly priced. I don't have anything for Saturday. We'll, we'll talk about Italy-Belgium when we get to edge of the day. Um, but I think England come through. I'm going to consider laying the goals there. Uh, Ukraine has not been impressive to me in this tournament, and they were very lucky to come through against Sweden. Uh, and then similarly, the Denmark-Czech uh, Republic match looks priced extremely well. I think uh, Denmark, the more rested team, having a little less travel probably is the side to advance, but I can't find an edge on that market. We're going to get into the Euro quarterfinals later with Jay Croucher, as you mentioned, and you talk about the lines being priced perfectly. We can get behind those lines with him in just a few minutes. A game I'm very excited to watch, Belgium and Italy, to your point. Belgium, uh, I don't have a play. Lines are crisp. Belgium plus 235, Italy plus 130. The draw plus 200. We'll talk about other ways to bet into that game. For me, a very quick line I'm keeping an eye on through the day, and I've been ice cold this week. Few, few bad L's, right? And now I'm looking at the baseball market and I'm trying to find something that I think the money and the number rather will come in my direction. It's the Boston Red Sox and Oakland A's Drew. The over eight and a half just seems like the play. I know some unders have come home as of late, but I'm just kind of looking at these lineups and who's pitching. And first of all, it's going to be Eduardo Rodriguez and Montas. And if you look at the Red Sox and their current lineup and how they've done against Oakland and their current pitching staff, they're hitting over 400. Then I look at the Oakland roster and how they've done against Eduardo Rodriguez. They're hitting 284 in 77 plate appearances off of the lefty in Rodriguez. The Boston Red Sox have scored 28 runs in their last three games, four more runs in seven straight games. The over has been a trend for both of these teams. Over seven and three in the Red Sox last 10, over seven and three in the Red Sox, in the athletics rather, last 10 home games. Pitchers have struggled a little bit. I'd like your thoughts, but I'm going over here. It's it's my early look, and I do think this comes to to nine by first pitch. Yeah, I, I have no disagreement with you. You've had a very strong read on Erod, uh, and I think the Red Sox bats and and Erod struggling of late uh, should get this one across the finish line for you. So I'll back you there.
We're going to get to uh, another baseball play later for Edge of the Day. Now, let's bring in Eddie Olchek to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and no pressure, Eddie, but you did call the first two games, the exact score for game one, pretty dang close for game two. So when I welcome you on, I might need a perfect score. I'll let you see how you feel by the end of this segment. But we appreciate you taking the time. And as we look at the Stanley Cup playoffs from a betting perspective, it has been pretty wild. I look at the Lightning before the playoffs. They were 7-1. to one. The Canadians were 30-1. to one. As it stands, the Lightning now huge favorites, rightfully so. Canadians 10-1. to one. Just from your perspective, you've been covering the playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs in this series now. How shocking has it been from a handicapping perspective of these two games? Yeah, well, Sarah and Drew, nice to be with you. Uh, happy 50th. I think I was on with your first show. I think I was. Yes, you were. That's true. In a hotel room, I think, in Washington. And I'm proud to say I did say that play in game between the Lakers and uh, Golden State. I think I said I liked the under in that total in that game. And it ended up no coming sweat. in. So at least all you do is pick winners one. on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, first off, it's great to be with both of you. And thanks for having me. Um, you know, look, at. I, I think that I've been in this game long enough since I was 18 years old, and that's a long, long time ago, and I've seen some crazy things happen. And I think when you look at the Montreal Canadiens, nobody was talking about them being built for the Stanley Cup playoffs when they were three games to one down to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Everybody thought it was just a foregone conclusion to write off the Montreal Canadiens, but um, they've got a great goaltender. They've played physical. Some of their young players have really stepped up and, and done the job, and they took out Toronto. They swept Winnipeg. They took down a very good Las Vegas team. I, I don't know where the Vegas team went because I, I followed the series between Colorado and, and Vegas uh, before they got to the semifinals. And that wasn't the same, same team that I saw take out Colorado. But at the end of the day, they're playing with a lot of confidence. They're back home. I think they're on a verge of a big game tonight, uh, Sarah and Drew. I really do. I think that they probably deserve better the other night. But they probably didn't deserve a couple of the wins that they had earlier in the playoffs. But over the course of time, those kind of things even out. And, and Tampa Bay is the real deal. We, we know that. They can play any way you want. You want to play high scoring, they can play that way. You want to play low scoring, they can certainly do that. And they have, in, in my opinion, the best goalie in the world. So it should be really interesting here tonight. But uh, watching the numbers, uh, watching uh, you know the odds over the course of these playoffs in certain series, um, it's it's been very unpredictable. So I, I would say uh, when you when you get your feet wet, I would just say get uh, get your toes wet uh, before you stick your whole foot in there because it's been very unpredictable. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, when we were watching Game Seven of uh, the Eastern, I guess it wasn't really the Eastern Conference Finals, but yeah. we were watching Islanders uh, Lightning Game Seven. I was thinking to myself, please let the Islanders get. I, I, please let the Lightning get through because if we get an Islanders Canadian Stanley Cup Final, it's just going to be a slog of trap, trap, trap. And I was, I was very, I was, I was relieved. Like, okay. Whew, we got a little bit something interesting to watch for the Stanley Cup Finals. And then not long into that game one, it was like, oh, wait, no, this is now a mismatch. This feels like a bad clash of styles for the Canadians. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that they can do from an adjustment standpoint to help, you know, counter what the, is working so well right now for the Lightnings? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot there, Drew. But but for me, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, the goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning, has been better than Carey Price. I, there's no doubt about it, and especially in game two. Like, you could argue he was the first, second, and third star of the game, Andre Vasilevsky. And for Montreal, look, at they've been an offensively challenged team pretty much all season long. And when you take on a uh, uh, an animal like Tampa Bay and you're only scoring one goal a game, 
you're not going to win. And I, I think for them, as they they just have to find a way to take away the eyes of Andre Vasilevsky a little bit better. Uh, they had a couple of incredible opportunities the other night, and they just weren't able to finish. And I, I would just say this: like I'm 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 anticipating a, a a higher scoring game tonight. I really am. I saw the line in for for uh, to- goal total um, in the first period. I saw it was like plus one twenty for over one and a half, and mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really appealing to me, Sarah and Drew. Just looking at that. Knowing that this is a look at this is a must win for the Montreal Canadiens. Like they have to throw everything at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think they can feel good about themselves coming off the game the other night and going, you know what, we probably deserve better, but we weren't able to finish and put the puck in the back of the net. So that's one thing that sticks out to me. I think it's gonna be a higher scoring game tonight. I really do. I know the total is five, but I, I could see easily Montreal you know, being able to, you know, put everything at uh, Tampa, maybe get a break here or there, get a goal in a power play and, you know, be able to put three or four up on the board and then see what happens with Tampa. But uh, I thought that the most appealing thing I saw so far was the total in the first period, uh, plus 120 over a goal and a half between the Habs and the Lightning. Love it. A little prop market there. Um, for what it's worth, the Lightning goals are set at three over plus 125, under minus 160. You can, of course, bet on the Canadian goals sitting at two and a half under juiced at minus 136. But if you like the over five, I like the over five, Eddie, because you pretty much called the first two games. If you think it's a higher scoring game, I'm with you there. Uh, Let's talk about the series handicap because this is interesting. As it stands right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning are now minus two and a half games, and that's favored juice at minus 200. You can get the Canadian series price plus two and a half games at plus 150 and more action from points that is coming in on the Lightning favored two and a half games uh, by a good bit. So, from a handicapping perspective on the series, ultimately take this game tonight out of it. It sounds like you like the Canadians. What about the series? Yeah, look, I, I thought, Sarah, that Tampa in five when it started. Now looking at how game, I mean, Drew touched on it, right? Game one, it, it looked like it was a mismatch. It just didn't, you know, Montreal just didn't have their game. Uh, game two, certainly Montreal, look, at they, they, they belong. They, they belong here in the Stanley Cup final. I just question whether or not that they have enough offensive finish to be able to compete with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I, like I said, I I feel that. And when you look at the numbers for the series, if you like Montreal tonight, certainly that is very appealing at plus two and a half when you talk about the series. And uh, we'll see if Carey Price can raise his level. If, If Carey Price can be I don't want to say above average, but because I think in so far in the Stanley Cup in this final Sarah Andrew, he's been below average, and Vasilevsky, as I said earlier, has out goaltended him. Change of venue, fans in the building, you know, feeling good about themselves, even though that they lost the game the other night. Uh, I, I just have a feeling that Montreal is going to lay it on the line and they're going to find a way. So, look, at, if you think Montreal wins tonight, that's very appealing to be plus two and a half because then all of a sudden you have really it's up for grabs here moving forward. I still like Tampa in the series, quite honestly. I'm not going to change off of that, but uh, I would say when you're looking at the numbers, when you see plus 150 anywhere and you have a feeling, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, jumping in and uh, and having some conviction. Okay, so I'm not a hockey handicapper, but I've been watching, I've been paying attention, and now kind of synthesizing everything you're saying. Pieces are starting to fall into place. Um, Montreal is going to have to be more aggressive. They can't play the same game that they've been playing to this point. They're going to have to be more aggressive. That opens up scoring in this one. We get a Montreal, uh, you know, they leave it all on the ice. They get like a 4-3, 4-2 kind of a win tonight. 
and then game four comes out and maybe they play a little bit closer. They're like, okay, we'll go back to kind of what we do best. We're not going to expose ourselves as much. Uh, and then uh, if the lightning, you know, if, if Vasilevsky's on, maybe uh, lightning win in a shutout and then uh, gentlemen sweep, close the door in five. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if it's as easy as all that, Drew. And uh, um, but but I do I do believe that I, I like what you're thinking. And too, look at like and and sometimes you get you know you like you look at what happened in game in game one where you know if, if you took the total over, I mean I don't want to say you backdoored the over, but certainly in a four-one game with two and a half minutes left to go in the game, and Montreal's taking some liberties on their best players, and Tampa says, you know what, we're not just going to kill the clock here. We're going to go and we're going to try to make this game five or six to one, and they load up with five forwards on the ice. Sometimes you're going to have that situation. And for Montreal, look, at, if, if they're in a situation where that's another three-one type of game where they're behind or down four to you know four to one, say, you know that they're going to pull the goalie. So you know there might be that I don't want to say a free goal up there on the board if you do like the total over in this game tonight but those are the kind of kind of things that you have to think about and i would imagine if it goes the way that i'm thinking montreal wins tonight and then you do get to game four i think that's where you see tampa really really clamp it down because we saw them do it yeah. a couple of times in the islander series so uh let's let's worry about this one tonight and then we'll see what happens in uh, game four here on monday night eddie i gotta ask before we let you go score prediction for tonight oh boy um i'm gonna say uh I'm going to say 5-3 Habs. How's that? High-scoring game in favor of the Canadians. Eddie, thank you so much. Have an awesome time tonight and great weekend. Okay, Sarah, Drew, thanks for having me. Eddie's been a part of NBC's coverage of the Stanley Cup playoffs all postseason. It has been tremendous, and now he's giving us fairly accurate predictions. We appreciate (laughs) you listening uh, to us here on Bat the Edge. Please rate the podcast if you are not a daily subscriber. Sign up. Remember, we are trying to give you the best, most actionable information for your wagers every single weekday, all in about 25 minutes. And of course, please hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think we should be talking about. You can reach Sarah Perlman at Sarah Perlman. And I am at whale underscore capper. We are always accessible, always online. And uh, of course, are interested in you as the audience because we are doing this to uh, entertain and inform you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. I was laughing when you told Eddie you don't handicap hockey because I thought there was not a sport 
you did not handicap. You do everything. You're never sleeping. You're always watching and absorbing. Uh, you know, let's stick them. There's only two. There's only two. MB, there was only two NBA playoff series, so I had to kind of fill the extra time I had because yes. you know there's there's only what one there's only what one tennis time? tournament going on. There's really there's only two golf tournaments. So you know, yeah, I had I had free time. I had to look at the hockey. Let's continue talking about hockey and bring in Jay Croucher, head trader at Points Bet, so we can get behind the lines here. Jay, happy Friday. Thank you so much for joining us today. You've probably heard us talking to Eddie Elchek about the Stanley Cup. And now as we look at the liability, the odds to win before the playoffs, the Lightning were 7-1, to one, Canadians 30-1. to one. I'm sure you're feeling okay about the Canadian futures market as they're down 2 nothing in the series. But what is the, the current liability like for the Lightning and the Canadians now? Well, first of all, Sarah, just incredible prophesizing from Drew, mapping out the rest of the Stanley Cup and the path that it's going to take. Uh, point that we hope you're right, Drew, uh, and that it does end in five uh, because most of our liability in the futures market is on the Canadians, uh, just largely because they were at a bigger number. They've been at a bigger number all playoffs than Tampa since the, the series started and just before the series. The series prices or the series handle rather has been pretty split. Games one and two, Tampa saw about 70% of the handle. And then for tonight, it's very evenly split down the middle where you know this does feel like the one that the Canadians get if they're going to get any. Uh, and so that's what betters are lining up behind. I think with game two fresh in the minds where, uh, you know, you talked with Eddie about how game one was a mismatch. Well, game two was kind of a mismatch the other way where Montreal completely outplayed Tampa. But but Vasilevsky, uh, the clear con Smythe favorite now, was was just too good. Very interesting. I will. So you actually were writing tickets for the Canadians at big numbers. People were people were convinced they had a run. Yeah, a little bit. I think just after um, they started to get that team of destiny feel coming back from three one against Toronto, the oh. emphatic win over Winnipeg, and then you know they largely controlled um, that Vegas series um, for large stretches and. And even in the first two games against Tampa, like I think that, you know, at five on five, they played Tampa largely to a draw. It's just that, you know, Tampa, they're finishing Kucherov on the power play, particularly in that third period of game one. That's been the difference. And, you know, even if the Canadians are playing um, Tampa to a draw and kind of the balance of play, like Tampa's finishing is just the difference and will probably continue to be. Okay. Well, I, I got a lot of uh, some of the exotic series prices for the lightning so i'd love to love 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 to see a gentleman sweep here but let's talk about a, a series that i expected to be a gentleman sweep and has actually been very very competitive between the bucks and the hawks not necessarily because the quality of play from both teams has been surprisingly good but because the attrition of key player injuries has just been very 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 difficult to uh kind of weave into a handicap i guess if you forced me to make a, a declarative statement, I would say Giannis is out for this series. Maybe he comes back if they make the finals. And Trey Young, I'm expecting, will force himself onto the floor in game six. Who knows if he finishes the game? Who knows if he's even 50% of his, you know, the play we've seen from him in this playoffs. Um, you know, how are you guys approaching these two key questions as you line this game six and the uh, and the and the series market? 
were exactly aligned with how you drew that up in terms of uh, expectations around Giannis and Trey. Like, I think Giannis is done. Maybe he gives mm-hmm. it a go in game seven, but, you know, we're operating under the assumption that, that he's done until at least the finals and that Trey probably does give it a go in game six. But that's interesting. Like, what what Trey Young in a severely limited state, what he actually adds to Atlanta. Like, is he is 50% Trey Young better than Lou Williams? He might not be. But we think that this series will hinge on what Trey's health is because because without Giannis, the Bucks, uh, we think, are better than the Hawks without Trey uh, by to the tune of about one point. And that, that was reflected in the, the four-and-a-half line uh, last night. Uh, but coming back to Atlanta with home court, with Trey, you know, some chance to play, uh, the Hawks are one-and-a-half-point favourites in, in game six. But, uh, but yeah, they're going to need Trey uh, to be very, very useful to, to win the series. Let's transition now to the Euro 2020 quarterfinals. In just a bit, we are going to see Switzerland and Spain meet up. Switzerland, huge underdog in regulation, plus 450. Spain, minus 164. Total's fairly low, sitting at two and a half. Over is juiced over at points, but assuming you took some money there. What has the action been like specifically on this game? And if you don't mind, Jay, tying that into what the future's liability is like now as we're getting into the quarterfinals. Yeah, so largely the, the liability has come on the favourites, um, particularly, you know, Spain uh, and then, you know, tomorrow, uh, England and Denmark. But with this Spain game, uh, you know, for me, it's strange being a diehard Arsenal fan uh, all my life to see that Granite Jacker's absence is a significant loss. <laughs> where with Arsenal, just spent years watching him pass the ball sideways and, and take pot shots from 35 yards out over the bar. But for Switzerland, he is a key cog in his absence will be significant. The Spain team is bizarre. Alvaro Morata's uh, Euros have been bizarre, um, but they're the clear favourite and that's where most of the money is coming in. And then they're still the second favourite to win the Euros improbably, um, despite how inconsistent they've been at that plus mm. 300 number. But our biggest liability, surprisingly to me, is still on Italy um, to go all the way, where despite the big names, um, just how good they looked in the group stage and now with the draw opening up a little bit for them with France going down and getting this Belgium team that is going to you know, likely not have Kevin De Bruyne or Eden Hazard, or, and if they do in a, in a very limited state. So you guys are operating under the assumption that no KDB? No KDB, probably. If he does give it a go, it's probably a Trey Young situation, I think, where he'd be limited. But if they can get anything out of him, then then obviously that changes everything. But I think the market price reflects right now the thought that, that he's not going to play. Mm, I, this match is so freaking tough to handicap because I've been waiting for the opportunity to dump on Italy this whole Euro because they had such an easy group. Group A, I mean, I know Switzerland's still around and Wales made the freaking final, you know, final 16, but they, they were frauds. Uh, they played three games in Rome. They got to play teams that were traveling back and forth to Azerbaijan for crying out loud. Uh, and Italy is finally meeting a, a true test in Belgium and Belgium's best player is not going to be on mm-hmm. Terrible. Absolute, absolutely brutal i guess uh, as we look to uh i guess you know just one last quick question about the euro about england in particular taking on a weak ukraine squad is it coming home <laughs> i think it's a bit of the milwaukee bucks about england where you just can't really ever trust them uh england they i mean it's it's all broken for them now where they're in the right side of the draw you know getting to play so many games at home they're heavy heavy favorites to progress and they'll be heavy favorites in the semi-final or come down to the final most likely for them uh we're not seeing that much liability on england where it seems like people just don't believe and they they need to see them actually do it uh but they do seem like the class of the tournament at this point and that's why they're the clear favorites at, at plus 200.
Okay, that checks out. That checks out. Speaking of England, there is a very important tennis tournament going on in England right now. Um, and action is live as we speak. My guy Novak Djokovic just gave a break back in the second set. Um, and I'm guessing the men's side is pretty lopsided in terms of market activity. I'm not sure who's backing anyone besides Djokovic here. And we'll, you know, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a boring futures market, I'm guessing. Um, and the women's side, I would say, is probably the exact opposite. There are so many women who are playing spectacularly well in this tournament. And weirdly, they're all in the fourth quarter. Iga Shiantek will take on Ans Jabor in the round of 16. Uh, we have a, a matchup between Rybakina and Sabalenka, two of the kind of most impressive women on grass this cycle. Um, you know, have you seen anyone in the women's market or any activity that suggests like, oh no, there's a clear uh, indication that the, uh, the betting public believes in any one of these women to emerge as the ultimate champion? Yeah, so the betting public mostly believes uh, my fellow Australian Ash Barty, the number one in the world, and the, the clear favourite in uh, in the odds. Despite only being plus four hundred, which for a clear favourite is pretty long, but yeah, like you said, Drew, wide open uh, on the women's side, uh, particularly with Serena going down and that opening up the draw, particularly for Coco Goff, who's come in from twenty to one now to ten to one, but. Yeah, there's no there's no real specific play from the public in terms of you know everyone on the men's side is loaded up uh, on Djokovic, but on the women's side it is wide open. Barty is most of our bet count. Uh, Kerber is follows her uh, and is a lot of our liability. But but yeah, at this point really wide open where I think that people are waiting to see things unfold a little bit more before diving in uh, to the futures market. Hmm. I think we all know who Drew wants to win the women's singles in the Wimbledon. I won't say any names. I think we've heard it quite a bit. Um, let's talk about Major League Baseball for a second before we let you go here, Jay, because for me, it's been tough to handicap given the foreign substance crackdown. Obviously, certain pitchers have had their spin rate decline by 200 and it's affected command, strikeouts, giving it more runs, you name it. So for you guys, as it stands, how has it been adjusting? Because it seems like overs were a trend for a bit for certain pitchers in particular. But overs in Major League Baseball this season, 50.6%. So pretty split. What's the adjustment been like from your guys' end? A very slight adjustment. There's still, there's still such a small sample. Runs have ticked up a little bit. I think batting average has gone up from you know 239 to 246 post the rule change, um, somewhere in that ballpark. But at the same time, like you know, runs they do go up this time of year as the as the weather gets warmer. Uh, so we can't just compare you know what's going to happen in July to what happened in April and just you know solely attach that to the rule change. Um, so it's we're still in kind of a wait and see. Um, position. I think that it will largely be, you know, individual pitcher specific. Where, for instance, Jarrett Cole, uh, who's was pushing a five ERA in June, uh, he might be in a little bit of trouble. Where you look at, you know, what's happened to him, and um, you know, coming from Houston, where his career really um, took went to that next level, and you know. And the thing is for him, if he's not if he's not a top three pitcher um, in the league, then the Yankees are in in big big trouble. They're already nine back uh, in the division, and they really need him to be you know at that level. But we are largely in wait and see mode uh, with the totals, and you know it'll be a slight skew over, but but no overreaction at this point. Given to my recent plays, I'm also in wait and see mode. I need to attack it as we all do, pitcher by pitcher basis. I'm with you there. It's kind of tough to tell. It's still so early on. Jay, we love having you. Have a happy and safe 4th of July, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew.
Be sure to follow Jay on Twitter at CroucherJD. He is with us every single Friday here on Bet the Edge. Speaking of July 4th, July 4th just got louder. Celebrate Independence Day with IndyCar at Mid-Ohio at noon Eastern. Then NASCAR lights up Road America at 2.30 Eastern, only on NBC. Drew, it is an anniversary of ours. It is our 50th episode here on Bet the Edge. It feels like we just got started 50 episodes. We're getting in there. I want to take a look at where we are at. Our producers and researcher made an awesome graphic here for our status report. I'm sitting at 26 and 21. You're 26 and 22. Best streak. Ours came in May. Yours early May, mine late May into June. We're trying to get some wins here. We've done fairly well. Um, what do you think? What, how do you break down this this report card? I'd like to do better. No, I mean, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. We have to make a pick every day, whether or not uh, there's an especially strong edge. So this is challenging, <laughs> and I give you're doing it in a sport that is notoriously difficult to beat. So I give you a lot of credit. I at least get to pick off, uh, you know, NBA playoffs, which are a you know a really um, you know, I, you know, I'm betting a little bit earlier into these markets for the mm-hmm. NBA playoffs as well. So I'm, I'm happy with my performance and I'm extremely impressed by how you're doing. The best part of the graphic is our picture. It's good lighting. I'm just into the graphic. In general. <laughs> but listen, we're trying to give you an edge every single day, 50th episode. Those are our records. We've had a ton of fun and we're trying to give you value earlier in the day. Hence why we're on at 11 a.m. Eastern before the lines tend to move. And Drew, we have to give an edge of the day. Like we finish the show every single day 50th episode where is their value on the board for tonight or this weekend well i'm gonna look for a euro play today and we're gonna go back to our italy belgium handicap and again i was hoping I- you'd give a play out in this <laughs> game because i can't read this game please I'm okay listening. this is one that will pres- I, I think hopefully will be uh, home by halftime Um, because I think there will be a lot of scoring opportunities here for both of these teams. I find that a lot of people look at Italy's, uh, you know, past performances and they say, wow, clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. This, this team has an amazing defense. Uh, I, I contend that their defense is average. They just happen to have played a number of teams that don't have a very strong attacking side. Belgium has a very strong attacking side. Lukaku is very, very capable with the ball in the box. As long as they can get him some service in the absence of Kevin De Bruyne, I think Belgium gets on the score sheet here. And at that point, if they do it first, then they may play a little bit more of a defensive side, but Italy has the 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 opportunity from a possession standpoint, from a finishing standpoint to counter. Uh, and I think both teams will get on the score sheet tonight. Uh, plus 105 for both teams to score is my edge of the day. And ultimately, uh, I can't tell you who comes through between these. It's too close to call. I guess I'll take the dog in Belgium, stick with my guns that uh, Italy was, uh, you know, is is a, is a fraud or at least over over valued by the market i guess is a nicer way to put it um but uh, i, I think love it's those be teams to one. score at plus 105 our friends at points did just let us know there's been and we heard jay talk about it, a ton of action on italy to win but more action as well on the draw than belgium to win so people are loving this italian team for my edge of the day i'm going back to baseball and i was joking with our producer adam throughout the week no more unders i can't take unders 
the spin rate, whatever. A lot of runs. I love an under tonight. I can't stay away. We have the Dodgers and the Nationals, and we have Scherzer and Urias. And I look at Julio Urias. He's been really good against the Nats over his career. Six runs in 17 innings. Max Scherzer has been outstanding for the Washington Nationals, but he does not get any run support. So for me, this is a perfect under. Actually, he's gotten less than three or fewer runs. Excuse me, five of his last six starts. The Nats have totaled just one run while losing his last three home starts. They're at the bottom of Major League Baseball and runs per game, just around four in the Washington Nationals. Dodgers pitcher's been outstanding lately, held their last six opponents to two runs or fewer. I love the under eight here. I ultimately do think this is my favorite edge on the board, and no one likes to root for no runs in summertime, but that's what your girl is doing on this Friday, Trail. I dig it. Urias is nasty when he's got, when he's on, and Scherzer, as you mentioned, should be able to put together a really solid performance. So I am all about that. But and you know what else? Um, you know how we solicit feedback, and people are like, "Give us comments," you know. And just to prove that we are not, just to prove that we're not blowing smoke, that we don't want you to say. Somebody messaged me and said, "Really love the edge of the day. Really love the podcast. Can you give us something for the weekend? Since we're not going to do weekend shows." And I said. That's a great idea. And oh, by the way, there's a game, very, very important NBA game six tomorrow. Uh, my general thoughts are Let's hear it. the Bucks struggle offensively on the road. Struggle. Wow. The on the splits road home in the playoffs for this Bucks team are like stark, impossible. Would you believe they score five fewer points on the road than at home over the course of these playoffs? Uh, on top of that, I think you have an Atlanta squad that is going to force Trey Young back out onto the court, probably less than 100%. When Trey Young is on the court, uh, Atlanta plays a lot slower. In fact, a ton of the unders that we've seen from Atlanta throughout these playoffs were really dictated by Trey Young's, you know, you know, operation uh, of the ball. If his shot isn't falling because of the injuries he sustained, all of this screams under to me. If you don't, uh, and honestly, I would wait, wait until closer to tip. We'll get confirmation that Trey goes. Right. This might tick up to like two eighteen ish, uh, and then fire away on this under. Uh, and if you if if you want to if you want to put a play in now, or if you want to you know hold my feet to the fire on a on a specific play for record keeping purposes, which I do. Bucks team total under. Okay. Yeah. We got Bucks team total under. Maybe it gets bet up to two eighteen. Take the under. Bonus play. I wish we had like a bonus <laughs> sound effect right now because that's what no, I No, that do. was a good one. You should Thank just, you. Thank you. you. you Let me just keep doing that to close right, out the yeah. show. We have a comment, by the way, coming in live. Props to Sarah for her record. All right. God thanks, knows. Todd. I appreciate that very much. I'm trying here. We're trying. We love the bonus play, Drew. Thank you. Not only did we get a Euro play, we got some good action for the weekend for you for that Bucks and Hawks series. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here all week on Bet the Edge. If you are not already watching us live, please do so. Join us Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. If you're listening, instead, wherever you find your podcast, subscribe, rate the pod, don't forget. If you need more tools to help you with your wagers, and we all do, go to NBCSportsEdge.com. We will see you back here on Monday. Have an amazing 4th of July, and as always, we wish you nothing but the best of luck with all your wagers. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 